This is the To The Point Podcast. Together with our ERISA attorney, we'll explore key Affordable Care Act and trending compliance topics, all in 15 minutes or less. Now here's our host, Sarah Gillespie. Hello, I'm Sarah Gillespie. I'm the Compliance Director at Lipscomb Pitts Insurance in Memphis, Tennessee. Welcome to another To The Point Podcast. Today I have with me again our ERISA attorney, Stacey Barrow. Hey, Stacey, how's it going? Good, Sarah. Good to be here again. So, I, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm in this new situation where it's school time and many kids are getting ready to go back to school. So it's August 2020, and school looks very different this year for so many. And you know, parents are really less scrambling, trying to figure out once again how they're going to balance life as both an employee and a parent to a child whose school or daycare may not be open. So in this podcast, we want to explore whether leave may be available for a parent or a caretaker under the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, which I'll call FFCRA here for abbreviation. So Stacy, before we jump into some questions, can you remind our audience briefly about the leave options that are available under the FFCRA? Sure. Um, uh, the, there's two leave provisions under the FFCRA. Uh, they generally apply if you have uh, less than 500 employees. There are exemptions if you're over 500 employees. Um, but if, assuming you're under 500 employees, uh, then there are two uh, paid sick leave components to this law, the emergency paid sick leave piece which provides 80 hours of paid sick leave if an employee is subject to a quarantine order or is caring for someone who is subject to a quarantine order. Um, They've been advised to quarantine due to COVID-19 concerns. um, and, And then there's also the a situation where a child, school, or daycare provider is unavailable due to COVID-19. So these are all the the triggers um, that might give rise to paid leave under these programs. And then if an employee comes to you and says, "I, I can't come into work because of X, Y, and Z, you need to evaluate those reasons to see um, if they really fit within the confines of the FFCRA. It can be harder to qualify for these leaves sometimes than it looks. And then the eligibility. So um, I think you're eligible for the sick leave portion on date of hire. Is that right? And then uh, 30 days after employment for the emergency FMLA? Right. So basically, everyone's going to be eligible for these leaves. Um, you know, the, like you said, paid sick leave is date of hire eligibility, and the EFMLA is anyone working uh, longer than 30 days. Okay. So before we jump in and tackle some of these questions, I, I just want to clarify that this FFCRA leave is only available specifically talking to the portion that allows an employee to have the leave because their school or daycare is closed for their child, that it's only available when the employee is unable to work at all. So if the employee can telework, even if the children are at home, if that's an acceptable arrangement to their employer, the FFCRA leave is not necessary. But it is possible that even if an employer extends the option to telework, an employee may not feel like he or she can meet both the telework responsibilities and care for their children, in which case this FFCRA leave may be an option. 
So, okay, let's go through a series of scenarios and questions that we have received from employers on when this leave may apply. So first, Stacey, how do we know if a school is quote unquote closed such that the leave would be available? Sure. So it, you know, they're, they're generally talking about the, the physical location being closed due to COVID-19. Um, if the, the school or regular place of care, you know, the, the daycare provider is closed due to COVID-19, then, um, you know, that would, that would qualify. So what about a hybrid model that's going to involve some in-person days and some virtual learning days where there is no choice. This is just the setup being presented to parents. Sure. Um, so to the extent that the school is closed certain days where it's, it's only virtual learning those days, then the school would be considered closed on those days and open on the days where it's the in-person learning. Um, and the, the, FFCRA does contemplate that, um, that there, it may involve some intermittent leave um, either on a day-to-day basis or possibly even um, within a day where the employee works in the morning and then comes home in the afternoon and two spouses switch off so that there's, there's coverage if the child's going to be home the entire time. Um, the DOL does encourage employers to work with employees and, and help facilitate the leave when it's needed. So that sounds like intermittent leave is a good solution, possibly in some of those situations as well. Yeah. Okay, so what happens if there is a choice between in-person learning and virtual learning? Are employees who opt for virtual learning still able to take this emergency FMLA if an in-person option was available? And before you answer this, I just wanna tell you, so I've seen two answers to this question myself. I've seen one that says that based on the language in the FFCRA, that the employee would not be eligible because they had the option to return in person. So the school would not be considered closed due to a COVID-19 related reason. But then the other answer that I've seen explains that school districts need a certain percentage of students to take classes online in order to make in-person school possible at a reduced capacity. So in effect, the schools would be closed to a certain portion of the student body, and it may or may not matter whether parents choose the online option. So which camp do you think is probably the better answer? Is there a better answer? Um, there, there are arguments for either one. I kind of like the second answer a little bit better. Um, you know, at some point, the, the parent made a choice, sure, to, to keep the child home. But at that point, that school is closed to that child. Um, and it is due to a COVID-19 reason. Um, so I, I think it, it works if, you know, the, the child truly, you know, cannot go to school that day because the school is closed to him or her. Um, I think that's a better result, although the first response that says the child's not eligible because there was an option there to return to school also does seem to fit within the rule pretty well um, because, you know, you could you could argue that the school really isn't closed due to COVID-19 if the child was presented an option. But I I think it's a, you know, definitely a good question. Um, 
perhaps in a specific situation, an employer might consult with counsel because this does involve tax credits, things like that. You want to make sure you get it right. But I, I kind of like the, the, the outcome of the second answer better second approach. Do you think that because this is such a pertinent question, like this is very much a reality for a lot of parents, maybe the DOL will add this to their FAQ? They might. They've been really good about um, updating those FAQs. There's, it started with about 20, and now I think they're up to 100, uh, maybe more. So it's, it's certainly possible um, that uh, it could get updated. It would definitely be welcome guidance if that happened. Um, okay. Can employers require employees to look for alternative childcare if their usual provider is unavailable? No, you can't can't require it. I mean, you can talk to the employee and, you know, I mean, it's all very kind of fact sensitive, but you could certainly talk to employees and, and see what they can do to minimize the disruption on the company. But you can't require them to, you know, did you did you call three other daycare providers to see if, you know, you're they can they can look your look after the child, something like that. Um, that generally wouldn't be permissible. Okay. Um, can employers require proof that the school or daycare is closed or what documentation must be provided and when does it need to be provided? Um, so part of providing this, this leave and administering it properly, you really should have a good policy in place and good forms that employees can fill out um, when they want to take this leave. Um, the tax credit rules um, contain some very specific items that you can ask for. Um, it's like the name and the dates for leave and the reason why the employee needs the leave and then a statement describing why the employee is unable to work um, because of that, um, that reason. Um, you can require some documentation that the school is closed. I mean, that should be you know, pretty easy to obtain. Um, you generally um, would wait to until the employee takes the leave and then or request the leave and then you can request the documentation because you know, normally you know, what would happen typically is employee might be symptomatic and might not show up to work that day because they're going to get a COVID-19 test, something like that. Um, and it would be impractical to require certification before he takes the leave. Um, so the statute basically says um, you can you, know, you, you can require the employee to um, substantiate the leave after the first day that they're out. Um, so that's the, you know, you should kind of like with FMLA, although even a little more quickly here, perhaps, um, you know, once you realize the employee is out for an FFCRA related reason, you should provide the form and so that the employee can fill it out and either get paid or, and you get the tax credit or um, the leave can be denied and the employee would be to be placed on unpaid leave or, or whatever your normal process is. Okay, sure. That makes sense. So, um, okay, here's an interesting question. Can employers deny leave to employees with children who should be old enough, relative term, I suppose, to take care of themselves during the day? 
Right. Um, not, not really. Um, the IRS tax credit regulations specified that for these purposes, for taking purposes of taking leave for a child, we're talking about kids under the age of 15. Um, if you feel as an employee that you need leave to care for a child who's age 15 or older, Part of the certification will be um, that the employee must provide a statement that special circumstances exist that cause the employee to uh, need to be home um, to take care of the child. They don't have to go into any great detail as to what those special circumstances are. Again, you should really stay within the lines of your policy um, and your attestation form as to what you should require of the employee. Okay. Um, is it ever appropriate to tell the employee who requests leave about, you know, when something might be fraudulent or do you wait until you've collected some details to maybe make a statement like that? Even, even not implicating anything, just kind of generally putting it out there because an employer might be suspicious. It's a fine line. Um, you know, I'd maybe include something in writing in the certification form, like an attestation that, you know, the employee has to sign, you know, that the above is true and realizes that, um, you know, there are consequences for lying on the form. Um, you also don't want to interfere, though, with an employee's right to this leave. Um, so, again, the, the, the better policy you have in place and the you know, better forms you're using, um, you know, should, should make a lot of difference. And if you can include a nice stern warning in there, it might make an employee think twice um, before saying, you know, yeah, I, you know, I'm caring for someone who is uh, um, symptomatic or something like that and, you know, is maybe fibbing a little bit. And also, I guess, if you add it to your policy and to your attestation form, then no one feels singled out, which could cause other problems. So that's probably the best way to go about it. Okay. What if we've got an employee who has been working remotely just fine over the summer, maybe even in the spring, and now they request leave due to a child's remote learning? Are employees eligible for leave now if they did not take it before? Um, yes, they are. Uh, it's, it's a good question. This leave uh, program extends through the end of 2020, if not extended further. Um, in situations change, um, employees might be, um, it might have worked to work from home with the kids around uh, beforehand, but they might find that it's just no longer really viable. Um, and just because they were kind of working along earlier in the year doesn't mean that they would be excluded from taking that leave now or that um, their, their reason <clears throat> would be um, suspect. I can. I had um, an employer ask me this last week, and I just gave her my personal example that, you know, in the spring, the online learning that we were doing actually wasn't required. It was optional. So as a parent teleworking, you could kind of give some leniency to what their requirements were. But my understanding, at least in my situation, is that, you know, now school starting in the fall, if you're doing virtual learning, it's required that the children be on, it's required that they participate, that they start at a certain time, they take attendance and all of that. So definitely if you're an employer asking about this, um, 
that could be some of the reasons why maybe they didn't need it before, but do need it now. Okay, so is leave available to an employee if the spouse or another caretaker is at home with the children? Um, no. Um, generally the reason, not. Yeah, the only reason that I could see this possibly being acceptable is if the spouse or the caretaker themselves was sick with COVID or had some other reason why they could not take care of the children. And then the leave might be acceptable. Right, right. If someone else is, is available, you know, to take care of the other, the other spouse is available to take care of the children, then it wouldn't be qualifying leave. But if the spouse is unavailable, whether it's, you know, due to a work commitment or, you know, being, being, you know, otherwise unavailable, they're not at the house, um, then it would still be a, a valid reason for the employee to take leave. Okay, sure. Uh, here's another question that I have gotten at least two or three times. So if an employee used up their emergency FMLA leave in the spring when their schools and daycares were closed, can they take leave again in the fall when the school starts again remotely? Um, no, not under current rules. That is a, a one-time um, allotment of 12 weeks if they used up that entire leave. Um, then it, it doesn't uh, reset in the fall, unfortunately. So the total is 12 weeks, but if, say, in the spring they took intermittent leave and they happen to have four weeks left, then if they ask again in the fall, the, four, the remaining four weeks would still be available to them, right? That's right. Okay. Okay. Um, so we, I, we kind of tackled this one earlier. I had asked about, you know, fraudulent requests for leave and how do you go about verifying the validity of that? And so we addressed that earlier by saying, you really need to have a policy set up for this at this point. It's not really okay just to kind of take it as it comes because it's probably going to come, um, whether it's for this closed daycare school or because of the person needing leave for their own personal illness or to care for someone with an illness. So if you don't have a policy or you don't have an attestation form or something that can be filled out, please contact me and I'm happy to help you with that. So I think in general, just to close our conversation, most employers value their employees and they want to work with them to find balance during this unprecedented season. You may have to get creative when you're looking at solutions for everyone. So there could be ideas like, you know, teleworking, if that's an option. If that's not an option, maybe thinking about a schedule change or starting earlier in the day, allowing them to work later in the day. Um, intermittent leave. I've seen intermittent leave be a couple days a week, or I've seen it be one to two hours in the morning or one to two hours in the afternoon um, or if none of these are options you know you could look at an adjustment in job responsibilities even temporarily or a temporary unpaid leave so I think the name of the game is try to find a way to make it work for both of you. So thank you for joining us in this episode. If you have questions, because a lot of this content is new, um, if you want to talk to me or talk to Stacy, please reach out to me. Uh, my email is Sarah G, S-A-R-A-H-G at lpinsurance.com. But thanks so much for joining us and we hope you have a great day.